You're listening to the Longer Haul Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston, episode number 27. Uh, I just can't keep all these plates spinning. I don't, I don't really understand what's happening. Welcome to the Longer Haul Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in and listening today. Wherever you are and wherever this finds you, thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time checking out the podcast and listening, well, thanks for coming over and checking it out. And if you're coming back, thanks again for coming on back. Uh, You can find me on Twitter. At, at Jody Livingston, that's J-O-D-Y, and over on the Facebook at The Longer Hall. All the links and resources that will be mentioned in today's episode, you can find at the show notes over at thelongerhall.com slash episode 027. Thelongerhall.com slash episode 027. Man, I'm uh, excited about today's episode. It's a situation I think a lot of youth pastors in particular find themselves in where you are juggling multiple responsibilities, whether you are officially in a dual role position or you have just ended up that way for lack of others around you um, doing a certain responsibility or job. And so today uh, we're going to talk to Justin Knowles uh, about this issue of, of kind of being uh, in a dual role situation, he specifically oversees college and youth. You may be in a situation where you're similar to that, or maybe you're overseeing children and youth, or you're a uh, youth in a worship, or you're just the youth guy who does everything because nobody else does or will. And in any case, today's episode is going to be really, really helpful for you. We talk through a whole lot of things. We talk about the advantages to being dual role and having multiple responsibilities. We talk about the disadvantages, certainly, the struggles, what makes that difficult, some things uh, that you can do to kind of uh, be more effective and efficient in some of those things. And so a lot of lot of great stuff here today in today's episode. But before we get to that, let me thank today's sponsor, which is Zorbe.com. That's X-O-R-B-E-E. And uh, man, if you haven't seen these yet, you need to go check these things out. They are, I would imagine, the world's largest beanbag chair, if you even want to call it that. Phenomenal. We have a few and they have taken a beating and keep, they just keep on uh, hanging together, man, and hanging in there. Fantastic product for sure. Always full when there's students in the house because we have one in our house or in our youth room for sure. Those, uh, those things are always, always full. So head over to Zorby.com and check them out for sure. One of the best things we've ever bought for our youth room, for sure. My wife would probably argue that it's one of the best things we bought for our home, which is, I know it sounds weird, but it's pretty awesome. We have a seven foot long beanbag chair in our living room and it is always full of people or kids or students or whoever. So if you head over to Zorby.com, be sure to use the promo code TLH when you check out. That'll save you 10% on your purchase. And with all that said, we'll jump here Uh, into today's interview with Justin Knowles. Well, hey, Justin, thanks so much, man, for taking the time to come on the show. Welcome. 
yeah, I'm, I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad that I'm happy that you decided that I'm worthy of this. This is awesome. <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah. We're practically famous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the two or three people that listen, they'll really appreciate uh, this. But um, man, I'm, I'm excited though for you to come on and share a little bit. I know you're, um, you're in a role that a lot of youth pastors, I think, fall into even unofficially. And so I'm excited to kind of dive in today to this and kind of talk through um, a lot of this and these issues and kind of how this how this plays out. Um, but before we kind of jump into that, why don't you take just a, a few minutes, introduce yourself, kind of your background and your journey in youth ministry to this point. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, man, I've been in youth ministry since I could, I mean, since I was a teenager, like even helping out with like junior high when I was in high school and um, leading small groups and stuff like that. But I've been in full-time ministry since I was 21, 28 now, and um, graduated from Azusa Pacific University out here in Southern California went and had a youth ministry um, degree. And like right at, right at towards the end of that year, uh, my senior year, I got hired at uh, Christ Church of the Valley in San Dimas. Um, for the first time, because that's where I'm at now, and uh, worked on there at the student ministry team there for four years, and uh, it was awesome. I loved that church, and um, so for four years, and then for a little bit, I went down to Saddleback Church down in South Orange County, um, and worked on the high school ministry team there, first doing like the weekend experience stuff, and then I transitioned over into small groups, and uh, that was awesome. Loved the team down there. Love Josh Griffin. Love um, just Saddleback and what they do and what they represent and what they're doing. And then, but um, for three years down there, I kind of, you know, had a, we could get into this in a little bit if you want to, but had a conversation with my wife and um, our, all our families up by like San Dimas, Glendora, this whole area up here where we are now. And uh, once she just felt like we needed to go home. So, we started to pray about it and another opportunity came up to serve at, at CCV and I'm here now, but now instead of just being on the team, I get to oversee junior high through college ministries, which is super fun. And I've been here next month will be a year, which is crazy. Um, but it's, it's been so much fun. So fun. I get to work with a great team of people. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of like the quick, the quick version uh, of what that looks like awesome. of my, my ministry stint. Yeah. So it's been fun. It's been great. It's great how often God speaks through our wives. It's crazy because sometimes I don't listen and yeah. she's very good at listening and, um, and really in tune with like what, the, what the Lord's doing in our family. And, uh, so it's, it's a good, it's a good deal. So on top of all that kind of stuff too, I get a, I get a, um, write and, do a whole bunch of stuff for download youth ministry also. Cool. Um, and, you know, blog and resources and stuff like that for youth pastors. So I get to do a whole bunch of stuff and travel with them everywhere. So that's, that's super fun too. Grateful for them. That's super cool. So I think a lot of, I think a lot of youth pastors end up in kind of a dual role, whether it's youth and children or overseeing kind of multiple ministries, even beyond kind of what we would deem like, graded ministries right yeah um, youth in college sometimes and i think what happens even a lot of times is somebody goes on staff as the youth pastor and you know it's kind of slow going there those first few months you're trying to get your feet under you figure out who's who there's a lot of things that you 
are able to do or you know how to do. And so you end up taking on a whole lot of stuff that nobody really has asked you to do. And then it just kind of becomes yours. Um, or I know, like, especially when I was first starting out in student ministry, we didn't have enough staff or enough just financially the church couldn't support to bring on somebody to work with our college students other than like a small group or Sunday school class. So by default, as a youth pastor, you just kind of carry that. And and so you're managing multiple ministries, even though you're really not necessarily responsible for one. And man, right. that's, that's, that's tough. Regardless yeah. of the size of your ministry. Absolutely. I, I, I would agree. So what are, what are some challenges that you, I mean, you've been in a few different contexts, obviously, um, talk to a lot of youth pastors, work with a lot of youth pastors. And what are some of the challenges that you kind of face or see others facing when it comes to kind of being in a dual role? Um, man. Okay. So let me, let me kind of give some context about where, like how our team here is set up. And then we can kind of go from there is, you know, thankfully, um, it's kind of usually like it's usually for some reason it's always a college pastor position that like a youth pastor fills into you know you know what yeah. I mean yeah and so and the way that we have it set up is like I have I have a team of six so I have a college pastor and I have a junior high pastor so right now I'm like team lead slash high school pastor yeah if that makes sense yeah so it's just kind of like it's just such an interesting having you know to oversee like you get to oversee from junior high through college um and then you get to you know but you have to like specifically care for and be in this role so you oversee everyone but you also have to be specifics in like one of them um like for me like one of the biggest the biggest things is like I, i'm still learning this is like time management i just mm. i'm trying to figure out what the the best way to to care for our team, to care for our volunteers in each of those ministries. And, you know, I'm, I'm speaking every week in high school, um, or someone might be speaking every week in college or whatever, junior high or whatever. But, you know, so it's on top of your normal meetings, on top of your team meetings and making sure everyone, your volunteers and stuff are set, but also writing a message every single week, um, along with, you know, or sometimes for some people might even be two, two messages, you know, if you're overseeing student ministry and college ministry. And for me, it's just been like the, the time management's a big one. I'm learning, I'm still learning what that looks like. And I don't think I've figured out like a really good schedule that works for me yet. Yeah. Um, and, you know, part, part of that is too, because I don't have an office right now because they're redoing ours. Um, so that throws off. <laughs> so you're a like every other. other youth pastor in the world. Yeah, basically. You have an yeah. office or you're in I, the closet. Right. That I'm is like, your office. I'm so mobile right now that uh the people like it's to the point now it's kind of sad where i walk into starbucks and they have my order ready because i'm <laughs> that's like where i work most of the time right now because i don't have a space um so yeah i'd say like time management is a huge like a huge challenge um for adult a dual role you know because i, I want to i meet with my team um we meet once once a once a once a week to you know make sure we're on the same page but then a dual role is like, I want to make sure that everyone's good. So I meet with everybody individually as well for like coffee or lunch or whatnot. And I try to be very intentional and, um, still have other meetings that I get called into f for being like the, the department head. So like, you know, with executive pastors and whatever other meetings that they want you in. 
and I'm just trying to figure out what the best way is to, to still do what I need to do and make sure both ministries have vision to move forward. Um, yeah. and it's communicated clearly. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges. Um, and I'd say the second one would be investing into leaders in ways that I know that they feel poured into, um, mm. you know, cause junior high through college, that's three ministries and three sets of volunteers. Um, and I know that I can't do what I do without our volunteers. So making sure that they feel poured into, uh, in a way that is effective. That's one of the, that's what a big challenge as well. Um, uh, making them feel loved and like they're a part of what we're doing. Yeah. And I think those two kind of affect one another. Yes. Like if you're not managing your time well, you're not going to be able to invest in your leaders. But if you're over investing in your leaders, then you're not managing your time. You're not managing your time well either. So that is a tough balance. And I think it's always, it always a little bit of a spinning a plate, right? Keeping the plate spinning. Yeah. I like to, I like to look at it as like, okay, it's just my job right now is putting out fires. You know, it's just kind of like, and it's just deciding on which fire to put out before it burns the house down. You know, it's just that kind of, kind of try to figure those kind of figure those things out yeah i'm not sure i don't know if you know aaron hellman uh or not yeah Um, so aaron talks a lot about burnout a lot about busyness he's been on the podcast and and he and i've talked a lot about uh just the pace of ministry and i think that's magnified when it's dual role and uh man he's got tons of stuff on on time management every time i talk to him i feel like really really crappy about how i manage my time yeah Um, (laughs) like but you know, for me, I think, and because I think, you know, like I said, to extent every youth pastor deals with multiple responsibilities beyond kind of the youth, whether it's yeah. even within, well, even within the context of your youth ministry, if you're just focused on, like, if you're just a high school pastor and you have nothing beyond that, you're still having to manage your teaching, right? Your prep time, your leaders, investing in those students campus yep. stuff you've got volunteers you're, you're you know i mean there's still a lot of things so i think for me right now what's working for me is just kind of blocking my time so i know like monday mornings we have staff meeting so until after lunch i got nothing but after that i can do some little piddly stuff that's carried over from the weekend return some phone calls i need to then like tuesday is not youth ministry day for me tuesday is you know, um, like maybe right now I'm working on a big project for us kind of on our, our web stuff, web stuff. So that's like Tuesday is web day. Right. Um, and then Wednesday is, is all student ministry day. Thursday is this day. And, and that sometimes that changes from week to week, depending on what's going on. Um, and it, it doesn't always break out as nicely as it sounds either, but I, I think, setting aside time for me to say, okay, I'm going to focus on this right now and nothing else um, is, has been really, really helpful, but man, you're right. It is hard. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I've had to learn how to do. It's just kind of like, you know, cause I do want to hang out with, I'm a, I'm a people person. So I want to hang out with leaders, coffee, lunches and stuff like that. And I've, I've learned how to, I've learned, had to learn how to say no um, to a lot of things Yeah, um, and just say, no, I can't do that. I need to, you know, this time is my message time or no, I can't do that because this time is I go to lunch. I can't do lunch today because I go to lunch with a junior high pastor. Right. You know, like, you know, just like those kind of, you know, having a full on schedule. Um, like, and like you said, block out. I think that's a really, really big deal. Have you read um, the book, The One Thing 
um, by, I think it's Gary Keller and Jay, maybe Papasan is his name, Papasan? I, I don't think so. Uh, man, it's a great book, and it, it kind of addresses this issue. And essentially, there's a well, there's one statement, or kind of the premise, the main thrust behind the book is, what is the one thing that you will say no to all other things for? Like talking about, you know, kind of your priority. Like what is the one thing right now that is most important, that is so important that you will say no to everything else for it? And man, I started thinking about that. And I, you know, in ministry, there's not ever just one thing, right? Right. But maybe for today or for this moment or for this time, there's one thing. I'm going to say no to everything else because I have to do this one thing. Right. Um, man, it's a great book. But I, I think, yeah, I think we all struggle with time management. And and youth ministry in general takes a takes a beating for the stereotype of just being disorganized and kind of fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing. And that definitely doesn't help with your time management if that's kind of how you are and where you live. Right. Yeah, I've learned to live off my calendar. You know, like it's just that kind of like I have to write it all down. And it's in there. Yeah. And, you know, if I don't write it down in there and I don't have it blocked off for like, I have to even write like, you know, two hours sermon writing this, you know, like from 10 to 12. And that like, it's kind of helping me like so that way I know, like, oh, I can't have a meeting here or I can't schedule a meeting here. You know what I mean? So like I literally write it all in my in my calendar, which has been super helpful. Yeah, I have. So beside my desk, a big whiteboard. And then I always have kind of a notepad somewhere near my desk. So as I've blocked off that time, inevitably, it never fails. As soon as I start and really start making some progress on one area, I think of something I need to be doing in another. And so having a whiteboard, having the notepad to be able to, or in my phone, stick that in Evernote to come back and be able to, okay, I can table that, write that down so I don't forget. When I'm done, then I can come back to that. Those right. types of things. And yeah, the longer I'm in ministry, the more important my calendar has become, the more organized, the more, you know, the more I just have to be intentional with that because, man, if you don't manage your time, it will manage it for you. Mm-hmm. It's not good. And destroy you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So there's obviously challenges, right? I mean, right. anytime you're doing that. What about, what about advantages of that? Are there advantages in being kind of over multiple ministries? Yeah, I think... I mean, I think there's, I think the advantages definitely outweigh the, the challenges. Um, you know, cause I, I get to, you know, the way that I like to think about it, you know, hopefully that I get to be in this role for a while and, uh, you know, I get to, to think through and hopefully be able to see our students through the next 10 years of their lives. Hmm. Like, you know, the way that, I, like the kind of bigger scope of it is that's, and that's awesome. You know, that we, I get to be, part of or be ahead of this this team that the moment that a student enters seventh grade that will take them all through their most awkward years you know (laughs) through through all their challenges from junior high walk them through high school towards graduation and then if they stay around because we we live in a pretty good college town so a lot of there's like five universities within driving distance from us so there's a lot of kids that stick stick around um and I get, we get to see them through junior high, through high school, through college. And that's 10 years of their lives where we get to be invested in them and get to know them and pour into them. And like in a big scope of things, I think that's one of the coolest opportunities yeah. uh, that, that our team has and our volunteers have. Um, 
you know, I mean, just think about it, like 10 years of that's like at that point, that's more than half their lives. Yeah. You know, so that we get to be a part of that and get to develop and, and develop them and disciple them and have services for them for those phases of life. And I think, I think that's awesome. Um, so, and we get to being in that dual role, you know, rather than if you were like siloed or something, you'd only see them through high school and then, yeah, you keep in touch with them, but you wouldn't be like, you know, you got a whole new brand new set of freshmen coming in, right? you know, then, then you have to focus on them. But this in my role right now, or, you know, I'm not, I have people over, overseeing like junior high, high school, college, but I get to see that I get to be a part of like the whole, the whole shebang. And I think that's awesome. Um, so when you're sitting down and at that point, okay, knowing that you have all these ministries there, you're sitting down kind of thinking through casting vision, really praying through a lot of that. Is that, that's intentional on your part, I would imagine to, could that, when, when they come into my ministry in sixth, seventh grade or whatever, through the time they leave, by the time they leave, like we're hoping to see these things. Yes. And everything's kind of building in, into that. Oh Yeah. Absolutely. Like this is, this has been like, for example, we've been, um, like our, our Wednesday nights, we do junior high and high school, um, together, um, for, for majority of the night. And then we split for teaching. Yeah. So, you know, so for the most part, like our, our student ministry team, we do everything together. So we're cat like from, you know, we do all like the new set. We just had a whole bunch of new seventh graders come up. So, you know, all of us do the parent meeting, all of us do, you know, talk about, you know, to ease the parents' minds about coming up here with a whole bunch of kids. Um, and we, we work through that and we kind of set to them like the vision, the same kind of thing of, Hey, for the next, you know, 10 years is that we have your student and we want to know you and we want to partner you with you. And we want to work alongside you as a parent to like, you know, you, you know, you're the parent and we are, you're, we're your hope and help is like the two, the, the way that we like to, to phrase it. And like, we get to partner with you to help invest into your kid. Um, you know, and through that's through weekend or the Wednesday services. That's through the small groups that we're going to be starting here in the fall, all the way through college and, you know, our college pastors there. So we kind of give them when they enter into our ministry, like we give them the whole scope yeah. and like all of our team is there. And that way they can see like, Hey, you know, they are in here for the long haul. You know, here we're, we have the next 10 years with them and they feel comfortable with that. And I, I love that. That's so much fun to be able to do that. That's the first year that we kind of really did that, mm-hmm. um, with, with all them. So, um, and we're, we've been trying to be very intentional with that, you know, same thing with our small groups and leaders and all that stuff that we could potentially a, a leader, ideally in the perfect world will go from seventh grade to college, like mm-hmm. with the same person pouring into them. How awesome would that be? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say that's that's one of the like the, on like the higher the ten thousand foot level. I think that's one of the major advantages um, of there and being sticking with it to see them through it. Yeah, I think that goes a long way with the parent too to sit down and say, "Hey, listen, we're you're not just coming into the ministry and because I think as a parent you come into that and you say, "Okay, this is new for my kid," and you're kind of just thinking about the right now, like there it's new for them right now. This is a right. whole. You know, you're, you're, you're mindful of what's coming and, and kind of fearful coming in, but you're really just focused on the right now. Um, so to be able to sit down as a ministry and say, Hey, look, we're here and we're going to be pouring and investing in your, in your student, your kid's life for, you know, the next 10 years. And we want to partner with you and know you not just now, but for the next 10 years. Um, I think that goes a long way with parents off the front end. 
Oh, yeah. I think this year has been the best from what I hear from our children's pastor, you know, because a lot of times if the translation doesn't go well, the parents will go back to the children's pastor where they were, you know, and kind of like, like, oh, we don't feel what, you know, whatever, whatever thing that's happening. And it's been really encouraging that our, our children's pastor said, I've had zero parents come back to me. Wow. He's like, this is the first year. So I feel like it's it works well and it, and it did well for us this year. Um making parents feel and i think i think what you said is is absolutely true you know it makes them walk in to say you know what this is not now but this is for the next couple of years this is where they will this is where they will be and where they'll grow yeah that's a lot of work though i mean to sit and kind of think through and map through that okay how are we gonna transition from one to the next and carry and pass this torch and and see oh, yeah. start and end well yeah, and that's part of like what I love, and I think this is part of the second advantage of it is that is that we do we have a, a team of people who care about that ten that ten years. Yeah. So a lot of when we do our big fall planning or summer planning or or whatever that looks like, we do it. We don't do it siloed. Everyone on our team speaks speaks into all areas of our ministry. That's nice. So, you know, so that way, you know, our college pastor is speaking about transitions for junior high. Our junior high pastor is talking about transitions in the call, you know, stuff like in the high school or to college. And I feel like as our team does that, that means they they care and they know what's happening and where who is coming. So they, it makes it that we don't feel siloed, that we do all of our big, like big, big planning and calendaring together. Um, and that helps us be strategic from junior high through college and transitions and and planning and sermons and events and all those kind of things. Like, I think that's helped us um, be very intentional with that time. So as you're sitting down and talking through that and kind of casting that to your leaders, how, I mean, how hard is it to get them to buy on and buy into this idea of, of, because, okay, so let me back up. Let me ask this question first, and then we'll come back to that. Okay. Where's the line? Okay, because I I I love I love that that ten year process and that long term vision and that long term long term goal. I think that's extremely healthy and beneficial for the church and for those ministries. But I mean, where's the line of separation? Because you've got all these ministries kind of under one umbrella, right? Right. But they still have to kind of distinctly be able to minister to their age group to their people or, or their right. Like, how does that play out? For for I mean I could only speak into into our ministry sure um, and the way that we go so when we when we do plan like that's that that happens like I I plan in trimesters so you know we plan for fall we plan plan for spring we plan for summer yeah um that happens three times a year so like when everyone's part of like the bigger planning that's 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 the, the three times where we'll spend all day sitting down and dreaming and working through like what transitions look like. And that's, that's, that's kind of like to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Other than that though, you know, our junior high pastor, he is doing junior high pastor things. So he's on campuses, he's worrying on his message. He's working with his leaders and he's doing like his individual situations. So right now I'm acting high school pastor so I'm doing that with our leaders. I'm writing my message. I'm investing into our high school students and we have a college pastor. So they kind of do like their own, you know, we cast like the big vision a couple of times a year, 
but then throughout the year they are executing whatever they feel is necessary in their context to execute that vision on the day-to-day basis. So that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So like there, there's that line of, you know, yeah, we do it all together, but there is like a, they are still responsible for their area. Yeah. And, you know, as long as we're moving, I'm, I'm pretty like, I'm pretty chill, like a, like a lenient, like, Hey, you know, your ministry better than anyone else. So do what you have to do to execute where we're going. As long as we're moving headed and headed towards the overall vision of like our, our, of our ministry, then man, put your head down and go and, yeah. and do what you need to do. Like, you know, run stuff by me, of course, you know, I have, do I have the ability to say no? Absolutely. But I try not to do that because they know what, where they're, where they're going and where they're headed, you know, on, on the ground. Yeah. I think, um, a lot of times, especially if you're kind of a one, kind of a one person show. Right. And you're overseeing those. A lot of times it becomes really difficult to distinguish, particularly from the youth ministry and the college ministry. And you just have students who kind of never graduate the youth ministry. They're just perpetual youth ministry groupies. Yeah. And then they're like leaders, right? <laughs> yeah. They, they graduate and they just become your leaders and they never really move beyond the youth group. Um, and so I, I think it's really important that while you do have this long standing vision that you at least have some type of distinguishing ministry and characteristics for those, those students who kind of graduate out. Yeah. I mean, that's, we have a year, we have a rule where you can't serve in student ministry for a year after you have to be in college a year before you come back and serve. Yeah. We have the same. We have yeah, the same so for us. It's just kind of like that separation. Like you're talking about say, okay, you're, you're done here. Yeah. You know, it's time, it's time to, time to move on, like time to go into college ministry, time to separate yourselves from this. You come back in a year and, you know, hopefully that would be awesome because college students pouring into, you know, the younger students would be great. Um, but there definitely needs to be that year separation, I think. And it sounds like you sound the same thing. Yeah. So when you come and you sat down, I mean, was that kind of already in place, kind of that long-term vision when you got there and you kind of inherited that and just took it further? Or was that something that you kind of came in and said, hey, we need to look at this differently and kind of cast that? Um, I wouldn't say that it wasn't there. I would just say it wasn't clearly described that gotcha. like that, if that makes sense. So. Like the thought is, you know, it's just assumed because it's college or junior high through college was just, it was the same department that it was to assume, assume that way. Right. But like to actually like sit down and say, Hey guys, this is like big scope. This is kind of like, do you realize what we have the opportunity to, to be a part of, you know, I just kind of, and just kind of setting like and clarify, you know, what we're doing, what the overall vision is, what we're doing. What does the transitions look like from, you know, from sixth grade to seventh grade when they enter our ministry? And what does that look like when high schoolers leave our student ministry to go to our Thursday night college nights? And what does that look like? You know, college age, college college young adults. So what does that look like? So how old is someone too old to come to college ministry? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so oh, yeah. trying to trying to work through like, OK, what are the distinguishing points to say, OK, you're out of this season. Now you're in this season. Within our ministry, that's kind of, we've been doing that a lot this year, trying to clarify what that looks like. And I'm sure that went very smoothly with no pushback or nobody really. Yeah, it was crazy. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) There's, there's always, there's always pushback. You know, leaders 
have a certain way, you know, volunteers, especially those who have been there for a while, um, think that they, like, they know, you know, granted, they make some great points, um, because they know they've seen it. They've seen what works. They've seen what doesn't. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe whoever was there previously tried some stuff and like that didn't work. So, and then you come in and try the same thing or something very similar and they just like, nope, that's not going to do. Yeah. Um, you know, but and just kind of working through conversations. I'm convinced that nothing, everything can be solved through a conversation. Yeah, I'm you with know? you, man. I, I think almost every conflict, well, I, I think every conflict generally comes down to miscommunication and misunderstanding. And so right. a just a real heart-to-heart, open conversation, which they're never fun. No, they're not fun always. Not all of them. Some are, but most, yeah. most if there's conflict, those conversations generally do not start fun. Um, but, man, I've seen God use those conversations to turn, you know, a leader who was really opposed into, man, the biggest fan and supporter. And it just, it just took a conversation and some time. So I think that's good. That's great. Okay. How about, so the, then coming back at one, we kind of said, okay, we give them a year and then they can come back, right? To right. serve in the student ministry. What, I mean, what kind of roles are you, are we looking at there? What kind of, you know, is everybody who's been out a year says, Hey, I've been out a year. I'm back now. Let me serve. Like, how does that, how should that look? Yeah. Well, Man, I'm we're we're still working through that. This this year for me, like I said, I've been in this my current position for a year, so I'm just starting to see like who's coming back. Because right when I got here is when the the graduated seniors last year. Now this would be a full year that they're out. Right. Um. So our volunteer process, we have them go through, even though we know them, and even though that we, you know, they've been through our ministry. Um, we still kind of, we have them go through, we have an application process. We have them fill out the application. We have them sit down and we have them go to, um, um, you know, sit down and have a one-on-one background check, have, you know, kind of have them go through like the whole, the whole process that we do with all of our volunteers. Um, and for a college student, where, where I tend to push them towards is, you know, if, if they want to do high school, like we can talk about it, but I, I push them towards junior high yeah, just because there's more of that age separation. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we, I try to push them as, at least the solid ones towards leading a, a small group of junior hires, um, yeah. which to them will be the most challenging thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think because they, Stink, they're they smell bad. Yeah. They're they, just, they're awkward. They're beautifully awkward they're and, funny. um, they're energetic and funny. And I think that for me, like a, as far as like discipling a college student, I think if they're solid enough to put them into a junior high small group, man, they will grow. I've, I can't even tell you how many times where I've had like either seniors or just someone who graduated high school wanting to come back and they lead a small group and they're like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Um, but it, it but it's awesome because they both grow, you know, they come in to try to figure out, you know, how are they going to help these junior hires, but junior hires end up helping them and helping them grow. And it's yeah. one of the coolest things. We had a student uh, a couple few years ago go and serve um, on summer staff at the camp that we, we go to. And I think like maybe the second week of the of camp. So past staff training, they're in camp. I get a phone call and it's, you know, it's the student 
And here they say, I just want to tell you that I'm so sorry <laughs> that, <laughs> that I never knew all the things that you dealt with and had to put up with and how difficult it is to do what you do day in and day out and how exhausting right. it is. And I just want to tell you, I'm grateful and how thankful I am for all the your investment, you know, in me and other students. And yeah, nothing will gain you support from students like having them do ministry. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one of the coolest ways that you can have get them plugged in and continue to pour into those, especially if you just do student ministry, you know, that yeah. you could still continue to pour into the when they when they leave your ministry, you know, that now they are, are your leader and then they kind of help see realize like this is what we went through yeah. and what the process is of like discipleship, which is messy sometimes. For sure. And I'm yeah. sure too, like you're putting those guys with small groups, but they're not like, Hey, here you go. Free reign. Go like there's some mentoring there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like we, they go through our whole, our whole system. They go through our process. They are at all of our leader meetings and trainings and stuff like that. So it's a continual process where we still get to, just another opportunity to get to invest into them. Yeah. Um, you know, but this time just as a leader, you know, but they, now they know you and like they know, you know, they only saw the production side of things before. Now they're in the behind the scenes, you know, yeah. Pre- preparation and okay, this is what it takes to run a ministry type deal. And it's pretty cool. It's so, it's super fun. Those conversations are always the best. And does that, I mean, does that help? We talk about kind of that separation some does does having them come in and go through that process of kind of things on the leader side going through kind of all those hoops i guess if you will to get to that does that change that dynamic do you see that change the dynamic and kind of increase some of that separation yeah absolutely because because they feel like you know like wait like you know me you know what i mean like, right. like what do you mean i have to like fill out an application and like sit down and interview like you know, I just kind of like, no, 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 like this is, this is a, a separate thing now. This is, this is not, uh, you know, you're not a student now. You're going to be a leader and this is what that means. Yeah. Um, and I'd say for sure it, it helps in that process. Like for, for example, we just had a girl come back and, you know, very involved, even as a high school student, very involved, um, in our ministry. And, you know, we, she went through the whole sit down and kind of like, we're like, I have to fill this out, you know, like, <laughs> and, and then we're like, yeah, you're like, this is part of our, our deal. And I feel like she, in that moment, she kind of feel like realize, or she told us later that she realized like, okay, like this is like a bigger deal than just coming to hang out. Yeah. Like, you know, all of our leaders, it's kind of more of like an, like you were saying, like an appreciation, not even for our staff, but for our volunteers who choose to be there. Yeah. You know, like, it's just kind of like, oh man, this is it's a really big deal that someone would come out and like, so she was like, I want to be like those leaders that poured into me. If they, if they went through this whole process, you know, that I get to do that now and I get to be there and she's killing it right now with our junior hires. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's so fun to see. Well, you find out who really wants to serve and who just wants to hang out for sure. Right. You know, especially absolutely. if it's a, if the application appears to be long. Right. So, yeah, I mean, ours is pretty, it's pretty good. Like, there's a, when did you become a Christian? You know, like all these, yeah. like, kind of, you know, on a scale to one to 10, what would you do in this situation? You know, like all these kind of things. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. That's cool. Well, I know it's a task, you know, for sure, trying to oversee and multiple staff and multiple leaders and, and going a bunch of different directions. And, but it's good, man. It's worth it. And I would say, you know, if you're listening and you're at a smaller 
church where you're kind of just the default go to? Maybe you're you're everybody who can't vote. That's you. You're in charge of those people. Like you can do it. You just got to build a team of folks around you. Yeah, I would say within like staff, like whether you have staff or volunteers, it's the same same concepts. You still develop a team around you to help you do what you do. Yeah, um, and you're just intentional to train in those areas and and have those plans and processes and be patient. That doesn't happen overnight, you know. Oh, a- absolutely. Like we're yes, we have staff and stuff like that, but we're trying to pour into our volunteers and we're launching small groups in the fall. And I'm trying to get some of our volunteers to be quote like coaches. Yeah. You know, guys who have been around for a while. Um, women have been around for a while. So that way they I could give them like a list of five or six of our leaders and that way they're the ones pouring into the other leaders. You know, so it's like yeah. a, a kind of like a, a training system within our volunteers and working with them to build up our current volunteers with current volunteers. And it's just a whole there's a whole bunch of things that you could do to and that goes back to time management, you know? Yeah. Like if you have leaders, you probably can't hang out with all of them all the time. Sure. So it's just kind of a good. Yeah. And everything scales. I, I remember, um, and when I first started out in youth ministry a long time ago, um, you know, you're reading, but everything that you're reading is from, from guys, these massively large churches. And, you know, you, you, it probably was not stated, but at least like, okay, that's what successful ministry looks like. If you're not running thousands or hundreds or thousands, you know, you're, you're really just kind of mediocre. And, um, I just remember thinking one day I want to be at a really big church. And, you know, what you realize when you get to a bigger church is it's, it's not really as easy as it seems in the books. Right. Um, that, that all the problems you had at the small church, they exist in the big church just a whole lot more of them. Oh yeah. That's, that's like one of the things that I learned, like, you know, granted I'm still, I'm at a decent size right now, but from where I was at Saddleback, it just, the, the big, the winds are big yeah. because it's big, but the fails are huge fails and they hurt, um, man. And they hurt really badly. So it's definitely, it's definitely like, yeah, that's, it's, I loved my time there, but man, when things did not go well, you know, instead of just having a few angry parents, you have a lot of angry parents. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of same problems, just ministry is ministry. Context is different. Yep. Um, it's all the same. Like we still all deal with the same type of things. It's just how big it is or how, you know, you have less of it or have more of it depending on the size of where you're at. So I don't think it matters. Yeah. And I think you look, you know, there'll always be someone bigger and there'll always be someone smaller. Yep. And so at the end of the day, you've got to just focus on where God's planted you and man, grow and grow and grow and, mm-hmm. and invest into your people and invest into your leaders. Absolutely. And just, and, yeah, oh, man, that's so good. Well, Justin, man, thanks so much, dude. It was awesome. It was good. Thanks, thanks for having me. Is there, I appreciate it. Is there a resource that you'd throw out to folks that you'd recommend? Yeah, I would say, well, one, besides download youth ministry, if you haven't checked that out, you should definitely go check that out for games, curriculum, all that, you know, sermon series and all that stuff, uh, blog, you know, all this, all those type of things. I would say the one, if, uh, if I were to throw out a book, um, something that's helped me in my current dual role, um, would be, uh, Creativity Inc. Hmm. Um, by Ed Catnell, who's the president and CEO of Pixar and Disney animation. Um, it's just, it was an incredible read, has a whole bunch of cool, 
leadership principles and like how to run, like a, how he runs a successful team. Um, and both doing Pixar and Disney, I feel like this is like a really good, um, you know, dual role. How do you oversee both of those things? Um, and there's just a lot of great leadership and like biblical principles that could be pulled out of it. It's not a, it's not a Christian book by any means. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of that. That's helped me this year, um, that I've tried to implement in our team and I've seen it work. So, uh, creativity Inc by Ed Catnell. Dude, um, I love that. Super good. I recommend it. I love when, I love when guests recommend resources I don't expect. Really? Or, or yeah, or like resources. that one? No, yeah, no. I, you know, I mean, I could see, okay, your, your middle school is in high school, maybe you're the Disney folks and Pixar is kind of the grown up college. But no, I'm just kidding. But yeah. I, I do love, I, I do love like when somebody recommends a book that you wouldn't normally have on your shelf or, or a resource or a tool that you, you'd have, you know what I mean? You, you just, nobody really talks about or, I just love that. I, so that's great for sure. I'll have links for um, for both of those, but in in the show notes of the episode, so folks can go grab it. Heck yeah, I recommend it. It was it's awesome. That's awesome. And then uh, if folks want to connect with you, kind of beyond this, online or wherever, where, what's the easiest way for them to catch up with you? Uh, easiest for me uh, on Twitter, Justin Knowles three uh, is my handle um because handle. justin Knowles, it's like a ham radio you're like Smokey and the bandit exactly yeah just justin Knowles three um because justin was justin Knowles is already taken i tried to pay him to let me have it but he I, no response he's like a middle um, schooler yeah he's just whatever he, he is a middle schooler i believe <laughs> um, so yeah justin Knowles three on twitter or you could find I, I write a lot on the download youth ministry blog so download youth ministry.com you could find a whole bunch of my stuff there as well cool well, thanks, man. I appreciate it very much. And uh, yeah. Jody, thanks for having me. Thanks for all that you do uh, there at your church and certainly just encouraging and equipping other youth pastors, whether it's Download Youth Ministry or just other stuff, man. I, I appreciate it and certainly appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate your podcast, so thank you. Cool, man. Well, I'll catch you later. All right. See ya. See you. Well, there you go. Great interview with Justin. I just appreciate so much his honesty and his willingness certainly to come on the show and talk about that. Uh, a lot of helpful things in there, I think, for you. And certainly, if you're not in a position now where you're juggling multiple responsibilities, it's very likely that you will at some point in your ministry. So all of this really plays in and comes in to factor into your ministry at some point. Uh, but I would imagine that most of you listening are dealing with it in some some way, shape, form where you have other responsibilities that you're having to take care of and deal with outside of just the youth ministry realm. So I hope you found that helpful for sure. Again, just a reminder, all of the links of the resources there mentioned will be in the show notes at thelongerhall.com slash episode 027. And then if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're finding it helpful, please head over to iTunes for me and write a review, leave a review there. It really helps the podcast out a ton in ranking helps other youth pastors and youth workers find the podcast, which is why uh, I do the podcast, certainly. And it's just really encouraging to me to see those. And, you know, a bunch of you guys have already done that, and I appreciate it very, very much. So if you've got a few minutes, please head over to iTunes and do that. You can do that by going to thelongerhall.com slash iTunes. That'll take you right there, as well as Stitcher. If you're on an Android device, you can head over to Stitcher and do the same. Thanks again for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode for sure. But until then, give them Jesus.
Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.